Welcome to Classics with Champagne and Caviar, where we're two wacky sisters, Francesca and Coco, who discuss our love for classic films. So pop open a bottle of your best champagne and caviar and let's talk classics. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing what makes a classic film a classic. To me, a classic film is a film that transcends time and becomes a part of the American culture. Would you agree with that, Francesca? Well, I definitely think that a classic film has a universal language that yes. carries a thread that does pass along from time to time period, decades through on decades, because they're memorable. They resonate a certain feeling, emotion, thought, change, anything spiritual, physical, psychological within the person that's watching that film. And I know for me personally, from the classic films that I have watched or had the pleasure of viewing, do allow me to change some part of myself or give me some new feeling or no idea or something of that nature. Yes, I would concur with that. Um, for me, classic films, you know, for us, I should say, it has become almost a part of our dialogue with Correct. each other and with other people. Well, it's um, part of our natural makeup and fabric of who we are as people because yes. it shapes some form of our personality because it does. we've ideologically changed our forethought based on the films that we've seen because we've put ourselves in those films in the place of those characters right I would totally agree with that because and it's then, always so funny. People are, are always like, what are you guys talking about? I mean, what are you quoting? What are you saying? Right. And there's only been a few people that I have ever met in my entire life that could understand the dialogue or guess what film we were referencing or, you know, things like that. So it has definitely become a part of our makeup. But then again, right. we've been watching, you know, classic films since we've been about five or six years old. Well, let's not give away our age. <laughs> well, not giving away our age, darling. But we were toddlers when we started watching these great movies. Right. And they definitely transcend a message that shapes the definition in the quintessential nature of who we are. Yes. And classic films, they that's what they're meant to do. They're not just a film that you watch that you're like, oh, okay. But there's a film that really speaks to you in some way, whether it's the music or the acting. Or the cinematography. Or the, cinematography, or or the, the dialogue. Right. The theme. Exactly. And it does something to you to make it resonate and really speak to you and really make you say, I remember that character. It's like, for example, I know we all in school whatever year this was for you out there listening um we read the book to kill a mockingbird and we all know the character yes, Attic by harper lee a great great book we all remember her famous character of atticus finch and that character really came to life on film with the role being played by gregory peck and that movie really moves you in a certain way that is unforgettable just like her friend her best friend harper lee growing up for those that may not be familiar 
Um, Truman Capote. Truman Capote wrote um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. I did not know that he was yes. her best friend. Yes, absolutely. Um, actually, his his um, his character is is one of his life, I should say, is based on one of the characters in her book, the character of Deal. Oh, okay. Into Killer Mockingbird. Yes, it's based on her relationship with Truman Capote when he would visit her for the summer. Oh, interesting. But, however, I was I was saying that he wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's, one of my favorite um, films, Correct. which starred Audrey Hepburn as Holly Golightly. Correct. And you know, watching that film and listening to that fantastic Henry Mancini soundtrack. I mean, when I moved and 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 came to new york all i could think about is walking past tiffany's with a great pair of of gorgeous sunglasses and a big hat and a beautiful black dress and just prancing and strutting through the streets but not quite as lovely as audrey Hepburn. but yes 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 so that resonated with me you know being a single woman living in a fantastic city like New York City. Right. I know for myself, when I first saw The Diary of Anne Frank, which was directed by George Stevens, starring Millie Perkins as the title role of Anne Frank, I personally... And she was wonderful in that, in that Correct. Role. I personally started writing or collecting my own journals through the years of my life. We won't say how many years that is, but I had started that based off of that film because it resonated something within me that stayed And with so me that's why years. you always had a, a diary that looked like that. I always mm. wondered that. Tisk tisk, mm. I never told. You never told, but you're telling today. So yeah, absolutely. So classic films definitely have this thought process, this mind frame, this voice through movies through a film that it wants you to see take it your own way and transform it and remember it and I definitely think classic films we wouldn't be who we are as a generation society without classic films no we 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 really would not be I mean Having grown up and watching all those families that we've watched and, and we know about all those actors and actresses, they are such a part of what makes us who we are. You know, when I meet people, if in the first five minutes, if you don't know who Frank Sinatra is, if you don't know who Lucille Ball is, if you don't know who Jack Lemmon is, then forget it. Because that is part of what our conversations are going right. to be about at some point if in you time. you don't know who Clifton Webb is, Absolutely, my favorite. Forget that. And speaking of Clifton Webb, this brings us to our first classic film that we're going to discuss, which is 1944's Laura. Laura, one of my favorite films and remember distinctly watching as a child. I never shall forget that film. Starring the great Jean Tierney, Dana Andrews, Vincent Price, Vincent Price, as we also said, Clifton Webb, and Judith Anderson. Yes, I love Judith Anderson, a great actress of the stage in theater, and she was also in some other great films that I love, like Head on a Hot Tin Roof by Tennessee Williams. Um, Rebecca. And she was in Rebecca by Hitchcock. I mean, as the crazy Mrs. Don Buzz. Now, so she's an actress that I would amazing. love in my arsenal she's, she's, of actresses. She's amazing. She's but what I love underrated. about her and Laura is that they have her so beautifully made up, which is typically not um, 
a thing that Judith Anderson had going on for her in other films. So it was great, a, a great change to see her so refined and sophisticated and dressed up and, and very glamorous looking. Right. Um, but I will say that I love the story of Laura mm -hmm. about this beautiful woman who is being, you know, immortalized by several, several men after her. Um, and they're all encapsulated by her beauty from a photo, a painting. Yes, the famous And portrait. don't you have a story about that painting? I absolutely do. So um, one of my many quirks or whatever you would like to call it or passions is that I have an extensive uh, memorabilia collection of various old Hollywood um, actors and actresses. And one of the things that I have is I have a photograph of an original photograph of the portrait of Laura, which the Hollywood studios would send out as publicity photos and such um, with Jean Tierney's signature. And oh, wow. it's absolutely hanging up in my wall in my home. And it's something that I, I just absolutely treasure. And I have some personal um, letters and correspondence with Clifton Webb and his mother right oh. around the time of Laura and before and after. So I, I absolutely treasure. Now this photo things. that you have of Jean Tierney, is this the same photo from the movie Laura? Yes, yeah, absolutely the same. So it's the original? It is an original. It's not With a her copy. signature, wow. With her signature. I know How that there are some... Um, you know, some reprints out there. I am quite aware of that, but mine is an original, appraised. <laughs> it's an original and it has her signature. So I treasure that. I hope you're going to send that to me in your will. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, of course, darling. Anything I have, you know, you get. Thanks. And vice versa, I hope. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> But yes, Laura is a great film. Otto Primager does an outstanding job directing such a beautiful film. Um, I love the, the music by David Raskin yeah, as well. Yes, a beautiful theme. Very beautiful. He also wrote the theme song to The Bad and the Beautiful with Kirk Douglas and Lana Turner, another one of my favorites. Oh, you know a lot of back history on yes. the art directors and directors and musical directors as well as the actors. Interesting. Yes. Well, that's going to wrap it up a little bit for this show, but we're going to continue on in our next live podcast. So join us again when we talk about more classic films. And we go more into depth into Laura, the plot, the characters, the themes, everything. So stay tuned and thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. <laughs>